What's up nerds, Josh and Tyler here and welcome to another episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. This week we are discussing the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment, Wrestlemania. We'll talk about the history of Wrestlemania as well as some tidbits that you might not have known. We will also let you know our thoughts about this past weekend's two-night event and hear from an actual wrestler, the Southern Psycho himself, Elliot Russell. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. No, I said, are you ready? Cause 30 and Nerdy starts now, brother. It's time to get... Nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio podcast and a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts and a Badcast Company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. And now your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. gentlemen boys and girls nerds of all ages the 30 and nerdy podcast proudly presents to you the independent podcast tag team champions of the world the duke of nerds tyler mack the juicy one dr d the nerd age outlaws and of course if you ain't down with that we got two words for you be nerdy welcome to the podcast where everybody knows your name. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. This is 30 and Nerdy. What's up, Doc? Yowie wowie! Let me in. So, uh, I think before we go any further, we have some business that we need to attend to. Mm-hmm. Because we have a birthday in the house. Listeners, as, you, as you're oh hearing God. this right now, it's, it's a very important day. It's somebody's <laughs> birthday. And if I had to describe him, I think I would start with this. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing. That's right. His name. His name. And his name is John Cena. 
No, just kidding. It's Tyler's birthday, everybody. Happy birthday, Tyler. Thank Celebration, you. everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Happy birthday. I think the big question now is, do we change the name of the show? No. Because you're not 30 anymore. Yeah, but we're in our 30s. The only yeah, thing we will just... change the name of this is if we are still doing this when we're 40. Because 40 doesn't rhyme with it. So what's the name going to be? 40 and... What? Nordy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, whatever you say, um, man. Uh, it could be... I don't know. No longer 30 and still nerdy. <laughs> hey, that's a lot longer, but it, it's it's yeah. accurate. It's accurate. So that's the plan. That's the one we're going to go with. And then maybe been, we'll abbreviate it. I've been telling people... Uh, like they're talking about at the house here all week. You know, getting close, getting close. Uh, Mom will do things like, oh my gosh, when did you become 30? And I'm just like, <laughs> ah, yeah, it happens. She's like, 31 <laughs> coming up. And I'm actually, due to COVID-19, I am postponing indefinitely turning 31. So, as long as the world's stopping... For the pandemic, uh, I am foregoing, I I will just be 30 another year. I don't think that that's how it works, because if I had had that option a year ago, I would have been like, pause, 29. <laughs> well, I mean, so, you, you, you hit that nail in the head so hard with a hammer until you finally turned 30. I could not, I could not continue to listen to that if that was the case. I'd be like, okay, we're changing the name of the show to just something else. So this joke has run its course. (laughs) But I'm excited, man. I mean, you know, 31's not that bad. Um, Especially these days, the longer people are living, um, 30's the new 20. So I'm just 21 all over again. And that's how I'm going to live this year. 21 all over again. Well, be careful with that. (laughs) uh it's been good it's been good uh, it's been a great day we've got um i will tell you uh, i'm going to flash forward into the future i know we are recording on a wednesday but like he said as you're listening today is april 10th i turned 31 today and tonight i uh, we are throwing a murder mystery party my siblings have been planning it subtly cast it and it's an 80s-themed murder mystery party here at the house. That um, is so cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, my character's a spoof off of Daniel's son from The Karate Kid. So, I'm excited. I get to wear my karate gi from when I used to take karate. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment for so long. Since I quit karate. I've been like, when am I going to ever wear this again? You never know. When people say you never know, kids, they mean it. You never know. And, it, and most likely, a day will pop up where you'll need it. I'm not saying become a hoarder, but I am saying think hard before you throw something away. <laughs> but I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we watched some wrestling this weekend. Mm-hmm. Wrestling, as they say here in these parts, in here the where we're from. South. Uh, so it was an interesting WrestleMania. Uh, to say the least. But uh, we had a a question sent in by our dear Mm. friend, Logan, 
uh, Logan the, the Rev, as, as he is known. And mm-hmm. uh, let's move on to what are we officially calling this segment? Is this Rev's Riddles, Riddles with Rev? What is the deal? Uh, I think we should call it uh, Rev's Riddles. All right, that's that's what we're going with. This yeah. is officially the segment, the new segment, Rev's Riddles. All right, so this week, uh, Logan, our dear friend, has posed this question upon us. We must both pick one main event superstar from the past three decades. One from each decade, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. We have to book a triple threat match at WrestleMania with our three picks and then decide who wins. Mm. Wow. Wow. Okay. I Okay, I think I'm ready. Why don't you start? You go ahead. You go first. Um from the 80s or from the not from the 90s? No, no, no. The the 90s, the 2000s, 2000s and the 2000s. 2010s. Were you not listening to I me? Was, Were you I, not listening? I, I, I turn tune you out when you get to moving. Um my 3. Um 90s HBK 2000s Edge and Daniel Bryan. Wow. That would be a good one. Shawn Michaels versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Yes, Shawn Michaels versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. That's a dream match. Wow. That's a good one. It is the main event of WrestleMania, triple threat... I have who wins Edge winning because he's the ultimate opportunist. He would look for that proper moment because you would eventually most of the match you would have the faces Sean and DB putting on a clinic with each other and continuing to constantly thwart Edge at his every opportunity until the very end. They're just both tired. Double spear, he pins Brian. That's what I would. I would uh, I would happily watch that that match and that WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick, okay. But uh, you know what? I think I can beat it. Okay. I think I can beat it. All right. So my pick, I am going to go '90s. I'm going to go with Hulk Hogan, the biggest superstar of the '80s and Hollywood 90s. Hulk Hogan. No, I'm going to go Hulkamania Hogan. Ooh, Hulk Hogan. Brother. Yeah. Okay. The red and yellow baby for the 2000s. I'm going to take Stone Cold Steve Austin. Cold. Okay. Let me just give you a little Stone Cold. And for the 2010s, I'm going to go with John Cena, believe it or not. Okay, so the reason I'm going with this is because these three, they've never touched in the ring. Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan, they were never in the ring together. Wow. Steve Austin, John Cena, never in the ring. Obviously, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, never happened. This is the dream match. This is the biggest WrestleMania main event of all time. And the faces of and their as, decades. Exactly. And for the winner, I'm going with uh, the old rattlesnake, Stone Cold Smart. Steve Austin. Smart. I would I would watch that as well. What? What? 
I would watch that as well. That'd be good. And so, <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Thank you, Logan, for the uh, the riddle. And uh, I'm sure we'll get another uh, interesting question sent in from Logan in the near future. Yeah, and if you all want to partake in that game, let us know. Who are your three main event mania stars from each decade and who's winning? Let us know. I would be interested to see what old uh, Ken M at LDPH has got to say, what his three would be. Be very interested. Very interested. So, um, last week... We had uh, some fun, some jokes, some pranks. Last week was our April Fool's special, and we talked about uh, the best pranksters of the Nerdiverse and celebrated the birthday of Fred and George Weasley. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Did you enjoy it, J.D.? Oh, I thought it was great, man. I uh, especially enjoyed talking about Fred and George. Hadn't uh, really thought a whole lot about them in a long time, but they were... uh, big part of the books for sure mm-hmm. one of the most enjoyable parts all the pranks that they pulled so it was fun uh going down memory lane and talking about the weasleys and then other people like jack sparrow mm. and loki and everybody like that it was a lot of fun especially deadpool come yeah. on yeah he's uh he's actually a playable character in Fortnite now wow pretty interesting pretty okay. fun uh but you know uh i think since this past weekend was such a spectacle, we should change up our flow a little bit on the show. That's right. Uh, we're going to change up our format just a little bit for uh, our WrestleMania special this week. Uh, after we take a little uh, break for a word from our sponsors, we're going to talk about some of the history mm. of WrestleMania. Some, maybe some things that you never heard or never knew about WrestleMania or never thought about WrestleMania. Got all kinds of great facts for you. We're going to talk about some of the most iconic moments at WrestleMania through the 36 years that this thing has been going on. Mm-hmm. And then I have an interview with an actual professional wrestler he he's in on the indies his name is elliot russell he's great we've seen him uh, a couple times before he's a he's a friend of the show mm-hmm. and we had a great conversation we wanted to share that with everybody and then after that we'll talk about our thoughts about this past uh this past weekend's wrestlemania and let me tell you something so brother we- we're gonna get to that after a word from our sponsors all right What's up, guys? It is your Duke of Nerds, Tyler. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about our friends and sponsors at Encore Theatrical Company. Now, they are not immune to this uh, COVID pandemic going on across our planet right now. However, they are staying positive and entertaining at the same time. If you go to their Instagram or their Facebook and look for the hashtag Encore Intermission, you will find fun videos every single day. Uh, They are highlighting volunteers, Encore members, script readings, voice lessons, um, personal stories on what Encore has done for these individuals and how it's changed their lives. Look them up. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They've got something every single day. And you can also find more information about Encore Theatrical at their website, etcplays.org, where it's not just theater. It's Encore. Hey all you nerds out there in Nerdland, this is David. And this is Tim. 
and we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci-fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you, nerds, and don't forget your keys. Need a commercial? How about a promotional video for your upcoming event or production? Let the coolest cats in town take care of you. The professionals at Freddy Cat have the knowledge, ability, and experience to serve all of your visual marketing needs. They do feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. You can reach Freddy Cat Productions at 423-231-2839 or at freddycatproductions.com. Eat, sleep, suplex, repeat. Eat, sleep, at five, repeat. And we are back. Mm -hmm. And it is time for us to... On WrestleMania. Throughout the last 36 years, man, it's not just WrestleMania anymore. There's so many names synonymous with that one day of the year. Names like... That's true. The grandest stage of them all. The showcase of the immortals. The show of shows. The greatest spectacle of sports entertainment. The Super Bowl of sports entertainment. The granddaddy of them all. And normally, WrestleMania, it's this annual celebration that sees thousands of fans from all over the world converging to whatever city is hosting the show that year. And this year, of course, things were a bit different with the outbreak of the coronavirus and all that going on. The event was closed off to the public, and it was pre-taped at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. And, of course, this is a big bummer for us, especially because... We were going to be there this we year. We were had this, you know, we had this whole weekend planned out. Of course, we understand uh, this was definitely the right move. So, you know, we get it. And the rumor is that uh, WrestleMania will be back in Tampa for WrestleMania 38. And if that is true, I'm sure that we will be there. Yeah. You know, uh, normally when people buy tickets uh, to the live event, it's because of, you know, specific artists performing at a concert or anything like that. WrestleMania, though, often sells out before the card is even announced because the superstars aren't aren't the draw. It's the it's the spectacle. It's 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 why people want to be there. That's that's definitely true, man. When we talk about going to WrestleMania, like we've been three times a piece, we were planning our fourth one this year, mm-hmm. and it's like let's just go to WrestleMania. We don't know who's going to be there. We don't know what's going to be going on. We just want to be there because you want to be able to say like, oh, when that WrestleMania moment happened. I was there. Like I was there when Seth Rollins cashed in Money in the Bank on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. I can say I was there. You and I, we were there when the Hardy Boys returned to the WWE at WrestleMania 33. That huge, that's mm-hmm. the biggest pop that I have ever experienced, ever. Like, yeah. and we've seen The Rock before. We've seen all these big things happen live before, but that was like the biggest thing ever. I would say. So you want to be a I would say that my moment that I lean on, like you're talking about, is Rick's last match. I was there. I was there at 24, me and Logan were, when the sweet chin heard around the world, retired the nature boy himself. Um, But you're right, it's all about those moments over 
Nice. And and what was what was so special about that moment that when you go back and you replay it and they show it all the time is when Sean looked at Rick and he said, I'm sorry, I love mm. you. Because with that kick, he is ending the long storied career of the nature boy, Rick Flair. Mm. Sad. And, uh, you know, that the emotion in, in moments like that, that's why you want to be there. And that's what makes WrestleMania so special. It, it is truly the Super Bowl of sports entertainment, of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing like it. You just can't. When you walk in and you see it's a sea of people, that's what I compare it to. The first WrestleMania that I went to, the Georgia Dome, WrestleMania 27, mm-hmm. I walk out and there's like 70-something thousand people. Never seen so many people in my life. Yeah. And when these big moments happen, the music hits and the rock comes out or whatever happens, and people just come unglued and go crazy. Like when I was at WrestleMania in California, uh, 31 during the Sting and Triple H match, the NWO came out, that music hit. That took me back to being eight, nine years old. Uh, you had DX come out. When people just come unglued for those moments, you just feel the adrenaline and all that stuff. And that is, that's what makes WrestleMania so much fun, so uh, special. Absolutely. I mean... Um... Even the re- the stars you interview today, like if you were to sit down at Edge and say, what got you dreaming, you know, about it? And he'll tell you about, you know, I was in Canada and I was at that WrestleMania where Hogan and Warrior fought. And, I, and they show pictures of like 13-year-old Edge in the audience like we are. So, I mean, even right. down to the stars, even down to the crew, to the camera people, to, you know, the people who pack up the ring, every one of them are in that for a reason and have their own memories of mania, their mania memories. Um, I mean, could you imagine of in the 90s or, uh, you know, being there when that first stunner happened or Hogan and Rock facing off i mean just those memories oh, yeah. of what keep us coming back because like you said we don't even know who's on the card we just know a memory will be made exactly that we get to talk about as you can see we are super fired up about wrestlemania but before we 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 get really in depth with the big iconic moments at wrestlemania let's just go through a list of some interesting facts some some fun uh q a or some fun info yeah. here uh, so we'll just kind of go back and forth on these. All right. So, uh, first thing here, ring announcer, Howard Finkel, he was around for the eighties and the nineties and everything. Uh, he is credited with coming up with the name WrestleMania. I did know that. Uh, did you know that Vince McMahon bought the, what used to be called the WWF, which is now WWE used to stand for world wrestling federation from his father in the eighties. He wanted to go national with it, so he signed the best talent from all over the other territories. Now, Vince pictured the greatest wrestling show of all time that featured his WWF superstars and other household names from pop culture. This, of course, became WrestleMania. So, yeah, he he pictured this this big uh, mashup of 
pop culture and wrestling, big celebrities and musicians and everything. And so because of that, every year at WrestleMania, you have those moments with whoever's hot at the time. So there's been dozens and dozens of celebrities who have been involved in some form or fashion with WrestleMania over the years, uh, including Cindy Lauper, Muhammad Ali, Mr. T, Snooki, we saw that we one did. live, Andy Warhol, Danny DeVito, Liberace, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, Elvira, John Legend, Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, Pamela Anderson, and then most recently, Rob Gronkowski. Mm. <laughs> Now, Which was did you see? Great. Sorry to to interrupt. Did you see the most recent Mass Singer last week? Yeah, I've known about this for a long time, and I've I've wanted to say something about it, but I knew you that you weren't caught we finished up. Finished it this so morning. I yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, Gronk was the White Tiger, <laughs> and now he's the twenty four seven champion. <laughs> like um, this man's career. The, the, <laughs> some. Uh, some of my coworkers uh, watch the Mass Singer as well, and we talk about it at lunch <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And uh, they were predicting that the White Tiger was Rob Gronkowski, so they they yeah, got from that. From day one, Peyton knew who it was, and I, I actually didn't yeah. believe it. I was like, nah, nah. So did you know um, WrestleMania was a? Uh, it was a, to be honest, it was a gamble um, for Vince. Yeah, he put everything that he had into that event. It was. Uh, most people in the company, um, they felt, you know, I, I would imagine they felt afraid that they was gambling everything. If WrestleMania wasn't mm-hmm. a, a success, it would mean that pretty much the end of the company. Yeah, Vince has been uh, in some interviews and things in the past, and he said if WrestleMania hadn't been a success, we probably wouldn't be sitting here doing this interview right now. So he credits everything that he has uh, and that he's done with that first WrestleMania event, really. And WrestleMania won the very first one. It was on closed circuit. This is before the days of pay-per-view where you could just order an event live on your TV mm-hmm. right then and there. People went to theaters and arenas and these big screens would come down and then they could watch WrestleMania live right then and there. Yeah, I mean, fortunately it was a huge success. Uh, WrestleMania 1 took place on March 31st, 1985 in New York City at Madison Square Garden, a legendary place to get to perform. Uh, the claimed attendance was 19,121. Now, that was a lot of people at WrestleMania 1. Right, and there's no telling how many people watched it on closed circuit, so I don't have that info. I'm sure somebody has that, but yeah, it was a lot more actually watching it when it happened. WrestleMania 3, which was uh, a legendary WrestleMania, happened at the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan, and it held the record for the highest WrestleMania attendance with 93,173 fans until Mm -hmm. the record was broken in 2016. Uh, This was WrestleMania 32. It was in Dallas, Texas. And the claimed attendance at that event was 101,763. Could you imagine seeing that many people? And that's because it's AT&T Stadium, man. It's the Dallas Cowboys, baby. And another little tangent here. I know that I have seen a lot of Ken M. from ODPH posting crap talk about the Dallas Cowboys. He probably had no idea that the Duke of Nerds himself is a massive Cowboys fan. And I'm going to have to talk to him about this. (laughs) However, we have a new record that WrestleMania has set. Did you know this? Did you know this? I'm sure you did because we watched it. Uh, The record for the lowest WrestleMania (laughs) attendance. Is this past weekend WrestleMania 36 with zero fans in attendance? 
Yeah, and you could tell too. It was the quietest, <laughs> calmest WrestleMania in history. I w- I w- if I were a star, like you know how we joke about, like we're theater kids, and it, it felt like a, a, a dress rehearsal of a community theater. You know, the night before you right. open, nobody's in the audience, but you're having to put it full force. You're having to do it as if there's an audience at dress rehearsal. That's what every director tells you to do, correct? But with no yeah. audience, <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? I would find myself like being a jokester if I was in the ring, like looking at a chair going, you shut up, shut up, you shut your mouth. <laughs> like I would eventually go crazy not have an audience if I were them. Oh, so you mean you, you would play to the uh, invisible audience to. like some I, of them actually did But anyway. I would be ahead of the joke. It would be a joke for me. It would be me making fun of it. John Cena actually did kind of do did. that, I noticed. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, Moving on, uh, WrestleMania 35. This marked the first time, just last year, that women were featured in the main event. And this was when we saw the triple threat Mm -hmm. match with Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Now, I would also Um, have to go on, on record saying that that was probably the longest WrestleMania ever. Oh, man. Yeah, that that event actually Becky Lynch has talked about it and laughed about how actually her her match was the day after it was like after yeah. midnight we were, so we were struggling that's to stay how awake that and that sucks because we oh, were looking I was forward dying. to that and very happy yeah. that the females got to to main event because this storyline was fantastic and we love Becky Lynch and we love uh, okay we we like Rousey and you love Charlotte Flair so I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan. I like Becky Lynch. I'm not much of a Ronda Rousey fan. To I be was with you. in the I just USC. don't care. I was for in the, USC. Yeah, she look. She's tough mm-hmm. and she's fun to watch and everything. But I just am not a fan of her character uh, in in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, an, a fact I will say. This is this is. I'm going to state this fact because he's my man. Did you know that Undertaker? And I'm sure you know this. Holds the record for most Mania wins. 25 and 2. The fun fact, though, mm-hmm. the dead man has never successfully defended a title at WrestleMania. He was the challenger in both of his title matches. Now, I got to see Edge and Taker at WrestleMania 24 where he challenged. And that was uh, during the storyline of, you know, Vicky Guerrero and all that was, was managing Edge and they were making out all the time and she was the GM and she mm-hmm. barred the Hell's Gate triangle hold that he did because it was so deadly and it was such a spectacle, man. I mean, he speared him probably six times and he kept getting up and I, I'm just sitting there and Logan's beside me like, this is the year it ends. This is the year it ends. My boy Edge is going to end the streak and I'm just like, dude, <laughs> nobody's going to end the streak. Well... Flash forward. Yeah, not so much, really. Yeah. Some other impressive records, uh, besides Undertaker's WrestleMania streak, uh, would be the Big Boss Man. He went 5-1 and one at WrestleMania, the late, great Big Boss Man. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan, he had a record of eight wins, three losses, and one tie. Owen Hart has a record of 5-2-1. to, two to one. Seth Rollins, 6-2. to two. He had his most recent loss at this past WrestleMania to Kevin Owens. And before that, he had a loss uh, at WrestleMania 31 against Randy Mm -hmm. Orton. However, that same night, he cashed in money in the bank and Mm -hmm. won. 
And then, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin with a record of five wins and two losses. Uh, a little, a little fun fact about the Hulkster brother. He has had more main event appearances at eight at WrestleMania. Now we have made the underlying, you know, complaint and joke that Cena has been in our face and always main eventing, whether it's a title or not. But Hogan beats him. I think that's pretty crazy. Okay, so we have been, like we've mentioned many times here, we've been to a lot of WrestleManias. Uh, but even if we're not there live, we normally get together. We have a lot of food. We have traditions. WrestleMania is its a big weekend for us every year. And I tried to make this year, even though it was, it was different, we did get to have our big WrestleMania party and all that stuff. I still tried to... You know, make it feel like a big deal. I put out all the wrestling pops and set out all my food and my snacks in front of the pops and took pictures of that. I changed up the man cave a little bit and and got myself in like WrestleMania Mm. mode, Uh, put on a wrestling shirt. But all this is because we have traditions. There are WrestleMania traditions that you look forward to every single year. Another uh, example of that would be the Hall of Fame. Every year you look forward to... Who's going into the Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame, of course, is uh, where they recognize all the great legends of the WWE. A lot of the most iconic household names that you can think of, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, they're all rightfully in the Hall of Mm -hmm. Fame. Every year they have this big event, and you can watch. They come out, they give speeches, people induct them. It's always really fun to watch, except for when you have (laughs) some of the old-timers like poor Hillbilly oh, Jim, man. who gives like a 40-minute speech. Yeah. That's kind of rough. But uh, other than that, it's it's something I look forward to every yeah. year. Um, when we were there at, in Atlanta, that was the year that HBK went in. And that was, that was an awesome moment uh, as a massive HBK fan. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but my two always vying for the top one my entire life, childhood to now, is HBK and Undertaker. I mean... Getting to yeah. see him get his ring that night and, and and come out when they do the Hall of Fame induction again when they say the class of and they all come out uh, it it was it was awesome. Uh, another thing we kind of look forward to traditionally is WrestleMania access. You know, it's it's almost like a like a Comic Con. It's like all weekend yeah. long, and there's stuff going on constantly and interviews and and panels and and. Wrestling matches, like uh, used to, that's where you saw a lot of NXT stuff happening. Um, that's where you saw a lot of FCW before it was NXT. They have a thing set up where you can do your own wrestling mm-hmm. entrance. Like you can walk down the ramp and they play music for you. It's uh, a place where people can meet some superstars. And they get footage of that and play it all throughout mm-hmm. the year of the superstars meeting the fans. I've never actually gone to any of the access stuff. It's something I want to do one day when we've got plenty of time. Unfortunately, when we plan to go to WrestleMania, it's always close to my spring Mm -hmm. break at school. But it seems like it's always like the week after my spring break or the week before. It's never right with it. So I can't plan to go to access or anything. I have to like go just for the WrestleMania event and then come back home. Yeah. if it were to ever fall on your spring break, man, we'd be in trouble because we'd be there all week, and <laughs> we might not come home. <laughs> That's true. I think what I look forward to the most about WrestleMania every year is 
that that's always when we have we talked about those moments those iconic moments like big surprises like when we saw the hardy boys come back Mm -hmm. at wrestlemania 33 those surprises are like i sit there and just wait who's gonna show up maybe there's somebody we haven't seen in a long time who's gonna walk out or make an appearance or make a return or or whatever those big moments are always so much fun and unfortunately with you know the way things are currently in the world this past wrestlemania we didn't get a whole lot of that certainly understand this wrestlemania was just an anomaly totally different than than anything anyone could have ever imagined right yeah absolutely what are what are some other examples of big surprises at wrestlemania um well i remember when we were doing wrestlemania 24 uh, when me and Logan were there, they back when Money in the Bank was part of WrestleMania, which I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was pulling it from the event and making it its own pay-per-view. Because um, that was a spectacle, kind of like the streak every year. Money in the Bank was a spectacle. Uh, that year, we, we saw the return of Matt Hardy, who had been gone for quite a while. And he come run, came running through the crowd and messed up MVP's opportunity because they were feuding. And uh, so that return was pretty epic. Um, and, of course, I mean, even though we knew who was hosting, I mean, the return of The Rock at WrestleMania 27 when we were there, I mean, the first time in seven years that he had been to WrestleMania, even just being there, and we got to see it. So, I mean, the surprises and the shocks, right. I mean, that's, I think that's a bigger draw than any name for us. I mean, the already established stuff is great but like the surprises you get there in the moment that's what's palpitating about going to these events i mean i've truly thought about going to la next year just for that like man hollywood what the heck could happen i mean it's just it's awesome i love the surprises i think that's the perfect time for the rock to have either a comeback match or to go into the hall of fame being in hollywood he's like a big probably the biggest star in hollywood right now as far as like action movies and things like that goes so that's a great time to bring him back not be shocked if he fights roman and pat tries to pass the torch to him too since they're cousins honestly i think i would i would like to see that i wouldn't hate it i mean but you know another tradition that uh we absolutely love is there's always america the beautiful before it starts right and Vince McMahon is extremely patriotic, and he also wanted to be different from other uh, sports mediums, you might say, because normally at football games and things like that, they do the national anthem, and so he said, you know, they do the national anthem, we'll do America the Beautiful, and he just happens to love that song. So every year they have some big-name artists come in to perform, people like John Legend, Aretha Franklin. Ray Charles. uh, Ray Charles has done it before. That's always a big deal. And I really enjoyed how at this past WrestleMania, since they couldn't have that live performance, they did this great video package of a mixture of all the different performances over the past several Mm -hmm. years. And uh, that I thought that was really, really well done. I really enjoyed that. I agree. 
So one of my absolute favorite parts of WrestleMania is that this is when superstars get a super theatrical grand entrance to their big matches, especially Triple H. Triple H always has a cool entrance at WrestleMania. I was there when he came out on the bike and he had like all the police officers on their bikes drive him down, escort him to the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the Terminator entrance oh, one year. Yeah. He's come up on the throne. Like, there was one year, I think it was WrestleMania 30, uh, yeah, 30, when he had the the girls that were around his throne and everything. That was Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Alexa, Bl- uh, Alexa yeah. Bliss before they were, you know, big names in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the entrances. Uh, there's that one year that um, Sean came ziplining down. That was pretty awesome. And fun fact about that is Vince never asks them to do anything he hasn't done himself. Right. That's pretty cool. It's a lot of trust. Yeah, so before Sean did that, Vince McMahon actually got hooked up into it, and he did it too. He did it before Sean, so... Yeah, he really did mean that when he said, you know, if I'm going to ask you to do it, I'll I'll do it too. Absolutely. Um, another thing that we absolutely love is, uh, and is just a, a big addition to the spectacle is the pyro, the fireworks, the, the flames. And, I mean, you don't have to be up close to feel Kane's flames when he comes out. They're so powerful that you feel them. And actually a crazy thing, WrestleMania 24, uh, the closing fireworks show, uh, we were mm-hmm. there, and... That closing fireworks show, one rogue firework went off track and hit an audience member. It's crazy. Could you imagine what they got out of that? Oh, tickets yeah. for life. I mean, that's what I would want. I'd, I'd be like, you know what? You set me up for tickets <laughs> for life. I won't I won't say a negative thing about you. <laughs> uh, yeah, g- give me a season pass and uh, and I'm we'll, we'll drop the for whole the thing. price of on the house. Well, we talked earlier about all of the celebrities who make appearances at WrestleMania. That's sort of a tradition because, like we said, Vince always wanted to connect it to pop culture. So he would have the Cyndi Loppers and the Mike Mm -hmm. Tysons and everybody involved. So you can expect that type of thing. We talked about America the Beautiful when Aretha Franklin played. I think Little Richard's done it before. Um, John Legend and all those people. Michelle Williams. Uh we got. We were so fortunate to get to see <laughs> Pitbull, <laughs> and I think was Machine Gun Kelly there he too. He was. He was. And like one of Bob, one of Bob Marley's sons, mm-hmm. like yeah, <laughs> one of the Marleys. Like literally a concert and broke out. Like a twenty-five minute concert. We were like, "What the heck is going on? Like, did we just what, change?" What is, what does this have to do with wrestling? <laughs> is this like intermission uh, or something? I mean, they have they haven't really done that in the past couple of years. I, I want to say that Pitbull was the last time I remember seeing something yeah. like that. But it's kind of different when they have a band there to play somebody to the ring. I wouldn't mind that as much. Like you know when Ooh, Bray Wyatt, uh, who was it? Bray Wyatt uh, did a live version like, of yeah. this song. And, like, uh, Motorhead mm-hmm. played Triple H to the ring and stuff like that. Like, that's that's great. But just doing a concert yeah. out of nowhere, not, not so cool. much for and me. I'm sure so. some people love that. Like, oh, I got a free 20-minute concert from Pitbull and Machine Gun Kelly. Not a lot of people can say that. But 
Um, I mean, it just being a huge wrestling fan, I don't really go for that. So we we've talked a lot about these these big moments at WrestleMania. So let's talk about some iconic moments that like when you think WrestleMania, these are the clips that you see in the video packages. Maybe some of our favorite WrestleMania moments. So I'll start when I think about iconic WrestleMania moments, the first thing that comes to mind is WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. This is when the uh, legendary irresistible force, meaning the immovable mm-hmm. object, uh, quote, comes from that. And this was the iconic match where Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant. He, in that match, like he tried to do it two or three different times, and he couldn't quite do it, and Andre would fall on top of him. And then he finally got that body slam right at the end of the match and did the leg drop and he won and the place went wild. And it's a fun, fun story about that match. Actually, Andre was a notorious prankster. He would just pull jokes on people all the time or like he would, he would lay somebody out in the ring and he would sit on them and he would just fart on them like these long drawn out farts. (laughs) Like you should, you should hear Jake the Jake the Snake Roberts yeah. talking about it. So, but he liked he liked to play jokes, and you know, a lot of times when there's a match, a big match like this, especially you know the whole world is watching, the wrestlers get together and they talk about mm. what they want to do, <laughs> and they plan it out a little bit. And Hulk Hogan had no idea what was going to happen. He didn't know if Andre was going to cooperate with him in the ring because Andre was a legit giant. He could do whatever he wanted, and there was nothing that Hogan could do about it. And so he was in the dark the whole time until they actually got in the ring, and Andre called for it and said, oh, body slam, and you know everything worked out. So I, I enjoy that story about Andre. Yeah, um, one of the moments I'd have to talk about is not – is by all means not one of my favorite moments. Um, probably, it's probably the quietest I have ever been at a WrestleMania. Cause I oh, was, I remember. Yeah, it's not a it's not a favorite no. moment, not a moment we think of fondly, but it is yeah, iconic. I remember we were at your apartment on Morningside when we when you used to live up the street from me, and Lesnar taking the streak from Undertaker, being. The one, 30. 21 and 1. Um, it was probably the first time we saw a quick taker match. Because um, I think, I guess, you know, that, that uh, Last Ride documentary is coming out soon. So we'll probably hear him talk about, you know, when, when he started going downhill. Um, but that was the shortest taker match we had mm-hmm. seen ever. <laughs> Uh, at that time, and letting Brock Lesnar, you know, who we have not said kind things about because he's a part-timer, he's somewhat disrespectful to the business because it really is just about making money for him. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't care about moments. He just, you know, and he's paid more than these full-timers are. And it's just ridiculous, like, Mm -hmm. why we keep catering to him Money-wise, I mean, I'll never know. You know, I know Vince looks at him like he's a spectacle. That's great, cool. But uh, your your real fans, we hate it. Yeah, and we're done. He's he's in Vince's eyes. Brock Lesnar is this big attraction that everybody wants to see. And I will admit, 
up up until recently, I would sort of low-key be excited about seeing the Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. But the past, I don't know, couple years, it's the same thing over and over again. How, like, let's do three or four finishers to Brock Lesnar and pin him, and then that's it. That's all you got to yeah. do. They've lost, and he doesn't really wrestle anymore anyway. He throws guys around he you know, a few them. dozen times and throws them into the corner, and that's it. What more can we see from Brock Lesnar? Yeah. You know, we saw Seth Rollins beat him like two or three times. We've seen Drew McIntyre beat him now. What's left? Why? Why does he need to be there? Yeah, I agree. So <laughs> that's how I feel about Brock Lesnar. So ha- here's a, a really, for different reasons, iconic yeah. moment. Uh, this is WrestleMania 22. We have Umaga versus Bobby Lashley in the Battle of the Billionaires. And that's not because Umaga or Bobby Lashley are billionaires or were billionaires. It's because they were the chosen champions of one Donald Trump and Vince McMahon himself. Uh, they are actually very good friends and uh donald trump was involved in storylines and wwe for a while and this was a uh loser uh loses their mm-hmm. hair match so uh of course you know trump trump won and got to shave vince's uh, head and uh what's really interesting about this whole deal is that stone cold steve austin is the only wrestler the only person in history and probably this will be a uh, one once in a lifetime thing here is the only person who can say that he has put a stone cold stunner on a president <laughs> of the United States because stone cold Steve Austin gave Donald Trump of course he wasn't the president at the time uh, a stone yeah. cold stunner so another massive iconic moment is um Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon the bad guy who we we know uh, as Scott yo. Hall from the NWO, and uh, that that Intercontinental Ladder Match, uh, you see it in playbacks all the time, where Sean is coming off the top of the ladder, full crossbody onto Razor Ramon. That is that is part of a mm-hmm. Mania montage every single year. I believe that that is the first uh, ladder match in WWE. From what I have heard, uh, Bret Hart did ladder matches in Stampede Wrestling in Canada, and he brought that idea into the WWF. And then, of course, uh, Shawn Michaels, who's not his <laughs> favorite yeah. person, and Razor Ramon, also not his favorite person, they ended up doing that match and making it famous. So Bret was, uh, needless to say, not very happy about that. Well, let's just say, and I don't mean any disrespect to the man, but I think it'd be easier to find some someone he dislikes than it is someone he likes. Yeah, he's he's, he's a jilted or Brett, son of He's a gun. never happy. And granted, he's had a lot of uh, rough yeah. rough things happen uh, throughout his life. A lot of unfortunate events have happened most, to him. But yeah, it's most, it's. Seems like he's very hard to please. Most people would uh, in the industry say that it was a triple threat match that Scott and Sean went out there and had a match with a ladder. 
and it was a triple threat match. Right. And that's very, if you go back and watch it, which you can, uh, on the WWE Network for only nine ninety nine a month. And currently, I believe it's free during COVID, correct? Free for, uh, free yes. for new subscribers. Free for that new is. subscribers. Uh, and they do not pay us to say that, but I'm just saying. I'm not a corporate guy. I'm not a suit. But that network is probably the best thing that they've created in a long, long time. It really is a great deal, let's be honest. Uh, so speaking of ladder matches, probably uh, a clip that is shown even more often than Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, it's the Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys mm-hmm. match at WrestleMania 17. I believe this was the first ever tables ladders and chairs match tables ladders and chairs oh my (laughs) for the tag team championships and this match was brutal these guys did things that you had never seen before like jeff hardy they had the ladder set up on the the entranceway he had bubba dudley on the table and he did the swanton off the ladder but he just sort of clipped bubba ray just enough to to break the table but landed right on his behind. And I'm pretty sure broke his uh, coccyx. Uh, if he didn't, he had to come close. And then even even better was when uh, Jeff Hardy was holding on to the belts and hanging up in the air, and Edge jumps off the ladder and spears him. I don't know how high up in the air it was, but hanging off the belts down yeah. to the mat, brutal bump shown every, every year. single year iconic moment for I sure mean, they they were the first of that match um they they are obviously they're not the last tlc for a while was its own pay-per-view um and there's still just you're never going to get that again now think about that you'll never get right. that again because yeah. of regulations um that they have now um and for for a good reason. I mean, it, safety is really is number one priority. Yeah. But uh, that goes back to those moments we were talking about. You know, never before seen again moments that happen at Mania, and I, that's one I wish we could say we were at. Gosh. Um, how about? Uh, and I feel like I don't want people to think that I only talk about Sean and Undertaker, but these are two performers who are pretty synonymous with Wrestlemania. I mean, Sean's nickname is Mr. Wrestlemania. So, uh, their match um, at 25 was was light versus dark. Basically. Heaven versus hell. That that was the one when, on their entrances, the Undertaker came Mm -hmm. up from the floor and Sean had this big like platform that went way up in the air, and he wore like a white uh, white attire. They had a light shine down like he was coming yes. down from the heavens. So they really played up that light versus the dark uh, sort of theme in that match. And a lot of people say, I've heard a lot of wrestlers like Chris Jericho just did a whole podcast about it, that it's like their favorite match, one of the greatest matches of all time. And I would agree. Time. I would completely agree. I mean, oh, their for sure. first outing together. Obviously, they went on to do it again. He retired Sean, um, rightfully so, um, because if it, it's not going to be Triple H retiring Sean, you, it has to be the Undertaker. Um, it it that initial WrestleMania 25 Light versus Dark will always 
stand in your mind as a match. It's become another addition to montages played when WrestleMania is, is happening. It shows Sean tombstoning Taker and mimicking his pin thing that Taker kicks out of every year now. Mm-hmm. It's become part of the montage. And uh, that's when you can say that you've arrived as a mania moment is if you're part of the montage so i would have to say that definitely belongs up there when we were kids one of the greatest rivalries that went on was stone cold steve austin versus the rock and they had a trilogy of matches these were at wrestlemania 15 17 and 19 and they they were all great matches uh i can't remember which one i want to oh say gosh. it was 15 where they had the the My Way uh, music video thing, the, the package they did for the match. Mm-hmm. That was one of the greatest video packages ever done mm-hmm. by the WWE. I think 17 was the one where, at the end, Stone Cold uh, turned heel like he, he joined up with Vince McMahon. And that didn't really work out. That was, that was not mm-hmm. good. And then 19 no. was Stone Cold's last no. match. That was his retirement match. And they, they didn't talk about that beforehand. It wasn't... Uh, a retirement match actually but it literally was his last match so those uh, three yep. matches uh, one of the greatest Wrestlemania rivalries I would say in the history of Wrestlemania that's just me I would say probably if not the one of the top three greatest rivalries in the business I mean people these days would talk about Cena Orton mm-hmm. being a great rivalry Rock Austin, man, I think it's up there, if not number two greatest rivalry. Especially for our generation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Another thing The Rock was a part of was WrestleMania 18, another iconic movement, the stare down of a generation. Rock and Hulk Hogan. This is like Hollywood versus Hollywood. You know, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, he was part of the NWO uh, again at this point. The Rock, he was Hollywood, becoming a big movie star. And what's really interesting about mm-hmm. this match is that Hogan goes into this match as the bad guy, as the heel, and The Rock is the babyface. But Hulk Hogan, or Hollywood Hogan, ended up getting so much momentum, and, and the crowd ended up turning on The Rock, and they started cheering for Hogan. So they did like a sort of a, a, a change yeah. there where The Rock becomes the heel, and Hogan becomes the babyface. And then after the match, the NWO comes out and they sort of turn on Hogan, which cements the idea that Hogan's a good guy now. But that is a yeah. great match. That's I know a yeah. lot of people say that's that's their favorite WrestleMania match. Well, and it again, it's part of the new Montage Mania packet where it's just them standing in the ring before the you know, the bell has rung and they're just standing there looking, they look at the audience each end, they just bask in it and take it in um another moment where i was like gosh i wish i was there one of the more recent iconic wrestlemania moments happened at wrestlemania 30 just six years ago Mm -hmm. this is when daniel bryan it was right in the middle of the yes movement daniel bryan was, was a huge star he was the underdog he was trying so hard to get involved in wrestlemania everybody wanted him to win the royal rumble it didn't work out it was batista i believe that year and the fans were just crazy about this like they 
I'm sure WWE got all sorts of really hateful tweets and emails and all those things because people were so upset. They just desperately wanted Daniel Bryan to be the big hero mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. And then, of course, everything worked out the way it was supposed to, and he was involved. It was triple threat, Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton versus Batista. And in order to get in that match earlier in the night, he had to beat Triple H, which he also did. Yeah. So uh, you remember at the end of the night, he wins the title. He's holding the, the, the belts above his head and doing the yes chant. There's graffiti and everything, big celebration, uh, all, the, all the crowd doing the yes chant. Definitely an iconic moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that was, um, you know, The Rock uh, personifies himself as the people's champ. And I think the Yes movement was an a literal movement of he's who we choose, not you. Daniel Bryan is who we choose. doesn't matter who you have win the Rumble. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what your storyline is. Daniel Bryan is who we, as people, as your fans, as your audience, as the people on Twitter, we chose Daniel to be our face of our fandom at that time. And I think, I think if if the fans did not get behind Bryan the way that we did, that moment probably wouldn't have happened. Because, you know, Vince is typically known for not loving those type of wrestlers, you know? So what are some other things that we haven't mentioned here that are some of your favorite WrestleMania moments? I talked about it earlier. Uh, HBK and Flair. Definitely. Um, Guerrero, Eddie winning the title. Off of Brock. Um, That one will always be cemented into my mind because, you know, as every wrestling fan knows, you know, Eddie, Eddie's gone. Eddie, you know, Eddie passed away a few years ago. And, uh, well, not even a few anymore. That's crazy how time goes by. It's like 2000, 2005 or 2006. But, yeah, um, anything HBK are always cemented moments of WrestleMania when you ask me. What about you? Well, it's not a match that is really talked about a lot, but at WrestleMania 27, we got to see The Undertaker versus Triple H in a no-holds-barred match. And this Mm -hmm. was nine years ago, but in my memory, we were standing up for the majority of this match. Is that right? Like, were we not on our feet? Yeah, we weren't sitting down. Uh I thought that was this is a brutal. That match. was the most exciting match that I'd ever seen live. So I always think back to that being my favorite part of that WrestleMania experience. Uh, getting to see Seth Rollins cash in, being a part of that, that was a, a great moment that I'll always remember. And well, I've already talked about it two or three times already, just on this episode today. But seeing the Hardy Boys come back, you you see the clips when you watch something on the WWE Network at that moment, and you see the the guys in the audience, the grown men, like jumping up and down and hugging each other, and so excited. That was us, folks. Like yeah, we, that was, that was literally what, that was us. us. Like we were all the way up at the top, like in the nosebleed. So we weren't on the camera, but we were jumping up and down and screaming. We definitely had a bro hug there. Uh, <laughs> that oh, was yeah. one of my all time favorite uh, wrestling moments that i had experienced in person agreed absolutely agreed 
Uh, speaking of great moments, you know, we also, our guest, we have gotten to see him wrestle a couple times, uh, and he is absolutely fantastic. Uh, if he's not um, on our TVs in a few short years, you can ask me, and I will honestly tell you, that's crap. Because Elliot's great. Elliot's fantastic. He's the Southern Psycho. You can catch him on Innovate Wrestling. Um, him and his tag team partner, Sigmund, are part of the Heat Seekers. We got to see the Heat Seekers uh, face off against some legends. Ain't that right? Yeah, the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, it was uh, Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton. And when we saw mm-hmm. this match, the Heat Seekers, our friend Elliot uh, and his tag team partner, Sigmund, they were managed by someone that I'm a huge fan of, Jim Cornette. He was yes, their are. manager, of course. He, uh, he he healed out on him in the end. He turned on him and, and helped uh, the Rock and Roll Express win the match. I'm still a little bitter about that, Jim Cornette. Yeah. But uh, that's right. <laughs> I, I had the chance to uh, sit down and, and talk with Elliot uh, just the other day and wanted to make sure that yeah. I, I shared that with everybody because uh, that's right. Coming up, Elliot Russell, he he might not know karate, but he does know crazy because he is the, he is the southern psycho he, <laughs> boo hey man james that was your worst ja- dad joke ever james brown said that i'll have you know that's a james brown reference he is a four-time NWA World Tag Team Champion. He's in an international tag team that has been featured in Canada, China, and Japan on multiple tours. He's a former two-time Innovate Wrestling United States Heavyweight Champion and the Smoky Mountain Cup 2018 Tournament winner. It's Elliot Russell coming up right now. All right, everybody, I am joined right now by the Southern Psychopath, Elliot Russell. I'm so excited. Elliot, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm sweating on a Tuesday right now. It's 77 degrees. I'm driving home with no air conditioning. Nice. So is that like a, like a mini sauna or something? Is that the idea? Yeah, I think it's just a fuse I need to fix in my... Uh, Year 2000 Grand Marquis that I'm driving. <laughs> nice. So how are you uh, passing the time during the quarantine and everything going on? I, I actually decided to move from more southern hospital about two weeks ago. So right as we were all getting shut down and quarantined and locked in. So I just moved in with my girlfriend in Knoxville, us and four cats, the one-bedroom one apartment all I've been quarantined and locked in. So. <laughs> it's crazy, Tom. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Big Love on HBO. Okay. HBO, old Bill series, and making millions on HBO. Okay, okay. So this past weekend was WrestleMania, and I'm sure that you tuned in for that. What What are your thoughts about the event overall? I thought, you know, I you read a lot of pessimistic and optimistic people on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and I was actually optimistic about that. I thought it was pretty cool, you know, a lot of these sports right now, I I, I think most sports, or all sports, are kind of on the uh, back burner and taking a timeout, but WWE and uh, I guess 
AEW and USC. Uh, those are the three things that are weekly doing you know, Aaron sports and wrestling matches and fights. So WrestleMania is always you know the big thing. I remember growing up written WrestleMania tapes, and then eventually my parents started ordering me the pay-per-views of WrestleMania every year. Which was like fifty bucks. So mm-hmm. Fifty bucks is a lot of money back then. Yeah, and nineteen ninety-nine or two thousand. Right. Started ordering them, so I tuned in because I wasn't going to be a negative Nancy, and no offense to anybody named Nancy. But, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to wanted to see what it was about because I, I don't necessarily watch Raw live every week, and I don't watch AW live every week. I kind of catch the you know the stuff on YouTube the next day, sure. or the, I can find it on Hulu or the network, mm-hmm. and. Um, I hadn't really watched any empty arena WWE recent stuff, so I thought it was good. You know, all the matches were good. I thought they started with the uh, they started with the tag team. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, yeah, and uh, Oscar and Kyrie Sane. That was good. Yeah, one point time, uh, Oscar was the. uh, I want to go off on. Thing on Oscar here in a second about us being from Morristown, but Oscar was like the best, like all-around wrestler, which such promo wise, like in-ring wrestler for like a year straight. Mm-hmm. WWE and NXT, like she was, I could tune in every week just to see her matches. Like she was great. Like you know, I, I, me being a male, I'm not always you know learning the thing or two from the female wrestlers but you watch Oscar wrestle and a couple other women wrestlers too like you're like dang like you can learn a thing or two from Oscar she could she could probably kick a lot of the guys butts in the ring and outside the ring too oh yeah I believe it do, do you remember like years ago they had this restaurant up next to Walmart in Morristown that was A-S-U-K-A and everybody pronounced it Asuka uh huh oh Everybody was like, yeah, I've eaten that Suka Asian buffet. <laughs> then Oscar came on TV, and I love correcting everybody. Like, oh, no, actually, it's pronounced Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> and everybody just was like, just scolded me. Just for I did not hear good things about that restaurant. Well, it's not there no more. Yeah, well, <laughs> could be a, could be a reason for that. Yeah, WrestleMania was interesting. It obviously wasn't the same as, as what we get every year. I... I think there were a lot of times when watching it, I felt like, man, I wish they'd postpone it because this would be so awesome to, you know, have the full splendor of WrestleMania around it. You know, the crowd and the lights and the uh, pyro and all that good stuff. But I think overall, now that it's said and done, I am glad that they did it because like you were saying, WWE and UFC and all that, they're still trying to carry on. And that's all we're getting as far as, you know, that the sports area goes. So I'm glad that they did it. It was a good distraction, I'm sure, for a lot of people during this crazy time. Uh, and, and I did enjoy watching it. It just, the thing that bothered me the most, and, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Vince McMahon, I know, is very much like, you know, the show must go on. We're, we're, we're not necessarily wrestling. We're sports entertainment. There's a difference. But... When they walk out and there's no audience, and we all know there's no audience, but they still do the same, like the poses up on the turnbuckle and holding up their arms and playing to a crowd that's not there. And my thought was, 
I would like this a lot more if they would just talk to the camera, talk to me, because I am the only audience that they have. And when they did those things, it took me out of the moment. How do you feel about it? I, I actually was listening to Eric Bischoff's podcast this morning, and he was talking about that same thing. He was talking about the opening match being the women's match, mm-hmm. the women's second title match, and he was saying how it, that kind of took him out of it. You know, everybody knows who Eric Bischoff is. And, sure. You know, in the wrestling community, he's a huge executive WCW for many years in all the WWE so I was listening to his insight uh, yesterday and this morning he, he was saying a lot like you were saying you know, the viewer at home is going to be kind of thrown off and kind of feel like their intelligence is being insulted just a little bit but yeah. I, I kind of went along with it without it you know I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't going to let it insult my intelligence so I guess I can understand the this side and I can understand that side of why they do it so it, it was what it was it was kind of not not everybody did it I don't think I don't think that the uh, the Raw and title match the Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch mm-hmm. yeah I, I didn't think the Shayna Baszler played to the audience the lack of audience there but but then you say that then at the same match Becky Lynch showed up in her 18 wheeler and it's kind of like well that's it yeah and like she did the pose yeah she did the pose on the ropes holding the title up and everything and i don't know i just it bothered me uh consistently throughout the show both nights but uh, there was one point i can't remember who it was i want to say it was edge but somebody looked right at the camera and said something and i was like thank you this is what i've been waiting on because it looks so silly for them to stand up and pose and, and all this stuff when there's nobody there. Why not just play to the camera? But that's just me. That's just my opinion. But uh, Yeah. One good, one good thing about there being no people in the crowd and the camera, you know, just the audience at home, is I don't know if they sped it up in terms of trash talk or you just were able to hear them because there's not, you know, constant commentary and fan you know, cheers and booze. Right. You can you can hear much more trash talk in the ring. Yeah, in real in real fights, there's always trash talk, and you know whether you know they're whispering or cussing their heads off. Or, yeah, you know calling somebody out. There's usually always some sort of trash talking. Everybody did a pretty good job of you know, talking a lot of trash, and that was that kind of added a little bit of realism to it. But it yeah, was, it was good. It, you know, you'll you'll probably bring this up, so I'll just bringing up now but the uh, the thing I was looking forward to the most was definitely the AJ Styles Undertaker thing and right. it just satisfied you know it was it was like a everything you would want you know being a scary movie fan that I am and I've been I remember paying doing chores on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday afternoons and stuff during the summertime just so we can order the TNA Wednesday night pay-per-views for 10 bucks, only because I remember seeing AJ Styles one time and being like, this, this guy's going to be, he's currently amazing, but he's going to end up being amazing for like many, many, many years to come. I think mm-hmm. I was only 12 at the time, 12 or 13. This is 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you grow up loving The Undertaker, so these guys are finally going to do something and then you hear it's a, 
boneyard match. So you're kind of like, this is either going to be really good or really dumb. And I well, think it was really, really I, good. And I think that people go into just about any Undertaker match in the past four or five years or so with that mentality anyway. Like, it's going to be really good or it's going to be really sad because he's just not the same anymore. And during the buildup of the match, I we've spoken on our uh, wrestling podcast before, and I've said that AJ Styles was sort of the voice of fans who did feel that way about The Undertaker. Like, oh, he's washed up. He should have retired. He, you know, he needs to hang it up. And he calling him by his real name and all that. So I was really looking forward to it as well. And I got to say, like, from what I've seen, most people were very high on the Boneyard match. They really they really dug it. And I think that for what it was, it was really good. But just for me, my personal taste, I like the more realistic feel of things. I, I didn't like the how it was so cinematic. I don't really care for the movie matches. You know what I mean? Like, the, the lights are already planned out, and Gallows and Anderson walk out, and they have lines that are scripted, and there's the music playing behind them. And I was waiting on tumbleweeds to fly by. You know what I mean? And... I just didn't care for it as much. But if I try to suspend my my disbelief for a minute, then I can enjoy it, and it was entertaining. Do you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, imagine how much you would really hate it if they tried to do that with, you know, Zack Ryder versus AJ Styles or, you know, Jinder Mahal versus AJ Styles or somebody that wasn't. Because the Undertaker character is, you know, this giant zombie demon Satan, you know, in a good guy way, Avenger. Then they just sound like the rebellious, you know, trash-talking super-athlete punk that's calling out the old gunslinger. Because the Undertaker's always been kind of, you know, lightning strikes, smokes, and caskets. Right. All fair, so that, that worked for him. But if they tried to do the Boneyard match with, you know, William Regal or Dean Malenko, these, you know, technical wrestling kind of guys, you would be like, what in the world? This is, gosh, awful. But yeah. you get a guy like The Undertaker who's, you know, a walking, talking zombie wrestler. It was good, you know, like I said, if you, especially if you're a scary movie fan like me, I've always, always been attracted to The Undertaker since I was a kid, just because mm-hmm. I always thought Jason and Michael Myers were cool, and then there's this, wrestling character that's kind of the epitome of these evil bad guys in this scary movie set. It was good. It, it was better than the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Well, the only thing that I really loved about the Firefly Funhouse was the NWO angle, where it was like, this is what could have happened, John. Like, if you had made that heel turn a long time ago, this could have been you. And I really liked that aspect of it. I thought that was really smart. But, uh, again, those the movie matches are just not for me. I just prefer to see everything in the ring and, like... I think back to in the 90s, like during the Attitude Era, when Stone Cold's out on the bridge and he throws the, the belt out into the river and everything. You remember that? Like, that was so real. There was some grit to it. There was like one camera following him around, and I believed it. And with all the planned shots and the close-ups and all that stuff, it just takes me out of it. But, you know, that's just my personal taste. Yeah, it was, it was funny you're talking about the uh, Stone Cold bridge thing, because of course, I remember that. I think I just started watching when that happened. But he, sometime this weekend, I was going back and watching Stone Cold clips. 
and I watched the clip where Kurt Angle had him hogtied and blindfolded on the bridge, but he just pushed him back into a little baby swimming pool instead of throwing him <laughs> off the bridge. It's a similar situation to when Steve throwing the belt off the bridge. I think Steve threw his gold medals off the bridge a week before that, and Kurt Angle came back and countered them with making them think he was throwing him off the bridge. I miss That's those days. Yeah, me too. So let's let's talk a little bit about your career. So how did you get started in the business? I got started wrestling because, well, I think every kid jumps on the trampoline when they're a kid. And, uh, actually, I threw Hulk Hogan and uh, Monster Man and Alt Steve. You mm-hmm. know, I was a big WCW kid growing up. So. Same. I was a sting guy. Yeah. So, just jumped on the trampoline and wrestled my brother and wrestled my neighbors and my cousins and my friends. And I never I never stopped watching wrestling, even when it was like, uh, you know, the Stone Cold and the Rock era was over with. And it was not, you know, not the coolest thing in the world. You know, some kids grow up and start getting into girls and, you know, going to parties and stuff. And which I like girls and you know I would go out to parties and stuff but I would always be that strange kind of guy it's kind of funny like out of you know if I'm partying at my friend's house and of course she's my friend I wouldn't be like okay where's your remote to the TV Friday <laughs> night I'd tur- turn on Smackdown <laughs> and pe- people would kind of you know tune in and watch it a little bit but oh I've never met this The Rock on this episode I no, he don't wrestle no more but but there's this, you know, new guy named Edge or, uh, well, Edge wasn't new, but, you know, this, but, or Randy Orton or Batista, you know, watch this giant Batista or Triple H is still wrestling. Undertaker's still on here and Chris Jericho, did kind of 2005, 2006 era. And, you know, when you're in high school, you know, wrestling's kind of taking the back burner into sports or, you know, you're starting to get a job at Kmart or the movie theater or, Paul Ross, whatever. I played sports, so, you know, I didn't have most time in the world to have a job, so I was just watching wrestling still and playing sports and going to school. Then when you graduate high school, you're kind of like, well, now what do I do? So I went to Walter State, and it was literally like two weeks after I graduated from Walter State during the summertime. This guy, I was working at a gas station, he came by the gas station and was like, yeah, I'm training to be a wrestler. I was like, oh, where are you training to be a wrestler at? Like, Rutledge. And if you know anything about Rutledge, Tennessee, you know that's not like a lavish wrestling training center. <laughs> Nothing against Rutledge, Tennessee. It's just, you know, very farm, rural kind of town. So. Yeah. So I went and uh, met the guy that was training the wrestling side of this kind of borderline bar, barn, tiny warehouse. It was uh, my current acting partner, his name's Sigmund, Matt Sigmund. He was training this guy to be a wrestler, so I paid, I can't even remember what money I paid. You know, set the ring up and then get in there. You gotta learn to fall down, take a bump, you gotta learn how to bump. You just bump 50, it had to be 50 times the first day, and then you kind of hit the ropes a little bit 
And, you know, the ropes are going to bruise your side because your skin and body's not used to hitting the you know, wire with a piece of garden hose, basically, wrapped around it. Then you learn to lock up. I think that's literally the only thing I did the first two days I, I went to a wrestling school. Well, I, was, I, I had to be paying, I'd say, maybe $40 a day. Wow. To literally just fall down on my back, roll forward, walk into the ropes. You know, I'm not even running, you know, across the ring of the ropes. You just kind of walk to one side, mm-hmm. bounce off of it, stop in the middle. And do like a hundred squats, a hundred push-ups, a hundred jumping jacks, and then lock up, collar and elbow lock up. And I think that was all I did for like the first week or two weeks. What was it? Being like, what was it like when you when you took that first bump? What what was going through your mind? You know, I was already standing in the ring, and, and I actually think the first time I ever bumped and trained, they forgot somebody forgot to pack the canvas. The wood and the, you know, the the mat, the wrestling mats. Yeah. We had duct taped them, the mats together, but there was no canvas. So it was a stinky old nasty ring. But, you know, I knew it had, you know, I knew that the wrestling ring had some gift. But that first bump, you know, you need to tuck your chin. And it's a, it's a reality check, especially if you haven't played sports. You know, I played football throughout school, but I had probably been, tackled or tackled somebody in three years at this point. So that first bump you take, you know, they say it's like being in a car crash. Knock on wood, I haven't been in a bad car crash, but just a whiplash and just shocks your whole body. I'll I'll tell you this, after that first day, I went to the gym because my gym at the time had a hot tub, and I sat in the hot tub there for about 30 minutes, then went and took a cold shower, at the gym, then went back to the hot tub for probably 10 minutes, got out, took another cold shower, dried off, then went home and just took a couple of ibuprofen and laid down. You know, you're excited. <laughs> yeah. Once that excitement wears off on the car ride back home, you start realizing how bad your neck, shoulders, the back is hurting. Your teeth, your teeth hurt too, like your jaw and teeth hurt your teeth and just taking that first bump it's just well i gotta tell you i've i've bumped before uh a couple times uh just playing around uh i had a friend in college who her dad ran a little promotion in johnson city and they let me get in the ring for a little bit and they gave me a few chops and you know we messed around a little bit but i just kind of took it upon myself to just kind of fall back you know i thought i knew how to do it i've been watching wrestling since i was eight years old and it was not what I expected at all. And I kind of laid there for a minute, and it knocked the wind out of me. And I was like, man, I cannot believe that people take bumps like off the turnbuckles and all this all this crazy impact that they have when they hit that mat, and then they just get right back up. And there I'm laying there for like a minute like, dang, this is not what I thought it would be. So uh, anytime I hear anybody, you know, give the old, oh, wrestling, it's, you know, fake or whatever, I'm like, hey, man you ever been in that ring before have you ever taken one of those bumps you know because you you don't know until you until you actually feel it i always remind like have to tell you have to be you have to be some sort of weird freakish person to be a wrestler but anytime anybody ever gives me the old uh, you know fake stuff or something like that i i try to be nice to them but then i say 
pressure situation, I kind of be like, like I, I want you to try hard at something, and then I want you to drive in your crappy car uh, five hours to go to, to go do to attempt to do something. Do it, get beat up, paid five or ten dollars, and then drive back all alone. Without having a smartphone, you got to remember when I started wrestling, I had a NV, you know, flip phone still, basically. I can't imagine what it was like back in the day without having phones or CD players in car. And then driving back, just feeling so defeated and like you got the crap kicked out of it. And you're like, this, you know, of course it's going to be worth it at the time, but you have to pay so many dues. And that's, that's the real part of it is the, the mental, you know, the dues you have to pay and mm-hmm. plus the beatings you have to take. The swelled up, you know, you're going to get hit. You're going to stop that way. They always say, so. I, I don't ever get too upset when people give me the old fake excuse or something like that because they probably got a bunch of other stuff in their life. It's just as ludicrous as wrestling. They just don't even know it. So I just, That's a good point. I just shake, shake my head and laugh and say, well, like, I'm not going to be one to pick out your fault, so it is what it is. It's the best way to put it. So how long have you been wrestling now? I think I started in 2000, I think I started in summer of 2012, so I would have been 21, so right at eight years. And I know that your finisher, at least one of your finishers, is the spear. So what led you to pick the spear as a finish? Here's actually sort of a backup finish that I use. A lot of times I use a, just a running power slam, sort of like British Bulldog and Braun Strowman. Okay. And a running, running power slam used to be a big, you know, a big finisher back in the day. But I think the uh, uh, last time you saw me wrestle was in Morristown at the Tally Ward. Yeah. And I, I had just gotten back from Japan at the end of September, and I, I had worked out over there with uh, doing have real heavy bench press. Nick killed both of my elbows. My elbows have been killing me. And my shoulder was on the plane. Oh, it was like be on the plane for fourteen hours with your bad shoulder. Get off the plane. Nine and a half hour layover in uh, San Francisco, so you're sitting around taking a nap on the floor in a chair if you can find a good chair it's not gross and dirty and and get fly home fly home go take a nap then go work out I just don't think I ever took time for my shoulders to heal up from wrestling in Japan and then flying home going right back into wrestling and working out hard and heavy again so at that point in time the first week of December my right shoulder was shot. My left elbow was... No, my left shoulder was shot. My right elbow was shot. I was like, man, I don't know who to do some of you guys up right now to run and carry. So I wanted to come up with something that was just a little easier to uh, drill people with. And I've done the spear plenty of times before, so I think, you know what, let's just take it home with a couple spears instead of power slams this time. All right? Gotcha. So, but, you know, you grow up, you know, I started watching wrestling in 97. Bill Goldberg was taken off in 97, 98. So, yeah. You know, Bill Goldberg was the man when you're eight years old. So yeah. His big things to spear. Still Roman Reigns and Edge hit spears. So, 
I believe that to finish. So, so I ripped that stem, and then I ripped the power slam from the Ted Braunstrom and the Davey Boy Smith. So you said that you were working in Japan. What I hear people talk about how the audiences in Japan are so different. Like in in the United States, we're loud and we we holler a lot, and in Japan, they're just very quiet. So did you notice that when you were working over there? Yeah, but just Japanese people are so zoomed in the match and watching it like a tennis match or like a quiet basketball game. They're watching the back and forth, and when you finally hit that. You know, crazy hard with the tennis racket, or you slam dunk it, and they pop and explode really quick. You know, after a series of hot spots, they call them wrestling. They just had such a zoned in, like mannered brain with just the way they're raised and the way they respect the sport. That you see it from time to time. I, I was actually watching a wrestling wrestling Rick Steiner from the Steiner Brothers in Japan once, and all all he had to do was come in. And just, you know, hit one clothesline and then do his dog face gremlin, you know, bar like a dog and then bite, try to bite you on the hind end. And the Japanese crowd was just the exact opposite of why they were screaming, yelling. So Eating it up. Really, really just depends, you know, what they know of you as a wrestler. So, but eight out of ten times are going to be that quiet, preserved, wait for the right moment and then clap, clap, clap and then they're back to quiet watching again. So, so I know for a fact that you have worked like as an extra for the WWE before. I know I've seen you. I think I remember it was like uh, maybe a Braun Strowman or somebody was running around and you and your tag team partner were there and kind of walked away from him. And then maybe like a bar thing with Sheamus and Cesaro. Is that right? Yeah, that was in 2017 and I think early 2018. So, what was it like being backstage at WWE? What was that experience like? It was, you know, it was cool. I had a few, few friends that you know I had wrestled, you know, Cedric Alexander before, and I had wrestled Kurt Hawkins before. And me and Cedric, you know, I've been buddies from seeing him in the Carolinas. Kurt Hawkins, I'm never really bad. I don't think he even remembered me when I reintroduced myself to him. And I was friends with Luke Gallows before too, because he had booked me for a couple shows. So it was cool to, you know, talk to a few guys that I've known. But, you know, you're nerve-wracking just like any time you're going into a big league in a situation. Imagine a, a guy going from Tennessee Smokies baseball, you know, double-A team, going to the Atlanta Braves for the first time. They're just trying to get looked at, trying to, try to stay out of everybody's way, but also try to be noticed some way, somehow. So it's nerve-wracking, but, you know, you're, you're wearing a suit, you know, I don't, I never, ever wear, you know, a suit and, you know, have my hair tied back real nice and my beard trimmed up, trying to look professional, just hoping to get opportunity and, you know, sometimes you just go there and you just see, I think I did six appearances and there's been one time where I think I drove all the way to Pittsburgh and all I did was uh, eat catering. <laughs> From uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon to oh, probably 11.30, whenever uh, 205 Live, the Cruiserweight Division show was over with. So, you know, sometimes it's, you know, hit, sometimes it's missed. And then there's been times where before the show even started, you know, I got in the ring and uh, 
I had known Jinder Bahal when he was, you know, working the Independence a couple of years ago. And I wrestled around in the ring for a few minutes with Jinder Mahal, with Arn Anderson and Road Dog, you know, these agents watching the show. And that, that was a great experience. And then I did a tag team match, tryout match before, kind of practice match with uh, my partner, Sigmund, the Heat Seekers. We did a practice match one time, and that was cool, you know, to have. We had Scott Armstrong, who's a senior official referee there. He critiqued it for us. So that's a great experience. You try to find something positive about every experience, even if so, you know, you're just eating catering. At least talk to somebody and pick their brain and get some sort of knowledge from them. So they are at the big show at the time. Who are some of the uh, favorite opponents that you've ever had in your career? You know, some of my favorite guys to wrestle. Uh, tag team line. There's, you know, there's a tag team named the Tate Twins. They used to they were in the Ring of Honor. And they were taught the boys. They were with Dalton Castle. They could be, you know, they're so silly and funny outside the ring that we'd get along. And, you know, we'd kind of fight like brothers sometimes, and they fight like brothers all the time. It's hilarious. So we just egg it on. But every time we wrestle them guys, we have really good matches. And there's another team. But we had good matches with in North Carolina. They were called the Revolt, Caleb Conley, and Zane uh, Riley. We, we wrestled them actually at the uh, Mossville Fanboy event last year. Okay. At the uh, amphitheater out back. And there was, you know, Big Foley did a Q&A after we wrestled. And he seemed like he was very entertained with the match. No, it, we wrestled them there. We wrestled them at a couple of fairs in South Carolina. We always had good, fun matches with them guys. Then there's a tag team named the Dawson Brothers, Zane and Dave. They're actually bigger than me, so they're these big, nasty, mean-looking heel bad guys, and it gives me and my partner a chance to be you know, the good guy baby faces. Right. We always tear it up and have good matches with them, but single match-wise, you know, I do quite a bit of single matches, too. I've always had good matches with uh, Jason Kincaid, he's a he's wrestled for Evolve, mm-hmm. he's wrestled for DDT in Japan. I've seen him a few times. Uh, and, and Chase Owens, he's a Bullet Club member. He kind of helped mold me and train me a lot growing up. Growing up in the business, had great matches with him. But I bet I bet I've wrestled this guy named Axton Ray, probably legit, like honest, forty to maybe fifty, sixty times. And I've had, you know, one or two stinker moments, but I've always had B-minus or better matches with him. And that may be because I wrestled 50, 60 times. Uh, the last time that I actually saw you wrestle, you had a match with him in the uh, the Christmas tournament. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, you know, I kind of got to, we all got to pick our first round matchups, and then, you know, we went from there. And I was like, man, in my hometown, I want these people to see, like, me and this guy have, you know, a good match because we always have good matches. And he's, he broke in about the same time I did. So me and him kind of learned a lot from each other, just being thrown out there together as two green guys. Just kind of, hey, well, let's just wing it, do this and that, and see what works and just beat the crap out of each other. We always do. Always, you know, you hit me as hard as you can and you hit me with whatever you want. Just don't break my nose or knock my teeth out and we're good. So 
No, he's a great, great opponent and a great wrestler. So I always have my best singles matches with him. So what's the worst bump that you think you've ever taken? Other than that first oh. bump. Oh, uh, speaking of action, I'd say I wrestled action one time, I think on his birthday, his birthday sometime in October, I remember this. He hit me with a missile drop kick one time where he just, I guess I jump up, to, I jumped to take the blow as he was coming off the top ropes. He hit me so hard that it basically turned into a stomp onto me, and it just drilled me right into that. It felt like somebody hit me with a missile and dug me into the earth. And I remember him covering me, and I was just like, I'm not kicking out. I'm done. So, you know, I'm going to take the loss on this one. That was pretty brutal. And then I actually wrestled in China in 2015, and I wrestled a, a, big, a guy bigger than me named Michael Judas, and he gave me like a razor's edge kind of maneuver. And when he threw me, it, it's not that it hurt, the bump itself didn't hurt, but I think my pinky finger slapped the middle or bottom rope as I hit the mat. And I probably ripped my pinky finger off. It was brutal. But, you know, the bump itself didn't hurt, but just the maneuver, something so minuscule as your pinky finger getting hit on the ropes just tore me up. And then, of course, I'm in the foreign country on the other side of the world. I, you know, I don't want to show any sort of pain or fear or anything like that. So you're just taking it, going on with the match. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, God, I do not want to go to a Chinese hospital right now with a broken thing. All right, last couple questions here. Uh, what is, and what do you think, and it can be singles or tag or both or whatever, but what is your favorite match that you've ever had or match that you're the most proud of? You know, this kind of changes all the time. You know, your, your favorites always change. You know, who's your favorite superhero? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite TV show? But, you know, my favorite singles match, and I have a copy of it on YouTube. It's the video. It's, it's, I'll have to, you know, maybe forward you a link. I'll forward you a couple of links. But I have a match with Axton in a company called, I have two of them. There's one in a company called NGW. They were based out of Newport, Tennessee, and they kind of branched out a little bit. We had a match in October 2017. October 2017, yeah. I just got back from Japan, I think, that week. I think I landed on a Thursday, got home, wrestled Friday night in Kentucky, Saturday night in Elizabeth, Tennessee, and then Sunday afternoon in Newport. And I was, you know, beat up and exhausted, but I loved it. And I was, you know, getting paid to wrestle around the world. And, you know, when you let, get home, and you just hit the ground running. And me and Action, I think, were the first match that night. And it was the same night that WWE had Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. I remember that. And the Shakers had a great opening just a quick 10-minute match with Action Ray, but the crowd there, NGW's always good and electric, and he tore it up that night. And then I have another great match with him on YouTube. I'll see some links in Bristol, Tennessee. The man actually just always kind of, you know, we always click. I put, that, you know, I put him over so much, so hopefully some listeners check him out. 
tag team, tag team match-wise, the best at the time, you know, I talked about the tag twins earlier, we had a match in 2015 with them. I think it was the event was called the Smoky Mountain Cup in Kingsport, Tennessee, and it was uh, ridiculous of that crowd because I think the event before that had been canceled. So, you know, we got snowed out. So this show, the promoter cut like a heck of a deal on tickets, and it felt like the entire town of Kingsport was at this show. So the crowd was just super electric. It was the first time we had ever wrestled them, and we just instantly clicked. We tore up the page went. This was 2015, so I was relatively young to the business. I was only three years in. But uh, we had a great one with them. Then we've had another, trying to remember where this was. This one may not even be videotaped. I had a great match with this dude. His name's John Noble and Brad Thomas. We wrestled him in Kentucky. I don't even know if we, I got the tape on it. It was, it was great. Yeah, I've had so many good matches. It's hard for me to remember my favorite. But the Tate Twins one is great. The action single is great. I've seen it some links. Have you ever had a match with someone who had like who's a veteran who'd been in the business for a long time or that you grew up watching and maybe you were a little nervous to get in the ring with them? Uh, you know, you know, I grew up watching TNA. You know, real, but I knew who Jeff Jarrett was. But in TNA, he was you know one of the center point main character, yeah. big time world champion. I wrestled Jeff a couple of times in two thousand. 15 or 2016, I think. And uh, he was great. He was just like, hey, he's just super laid back, country, country Tennessee, you know, or that was, hey, don't hurt me and I won't hurt you and just listen to me out there, kid. I think, yes, sir. And he was always super smooth and super cool. And, yeah, Ricky Morton's the same way. He's, he's from Bristol, Tennessee. So I, I didn't really grow up watching Rock and Roll Express, but you respect him what you did in wrestling and you oh, yeah. understand all it did for tag team wrestling so I wrestled Ricky probably 30 to 40 times but I actually used to train a lot at school so you know anytime you're in the ring with any of those guys right yeah, actually but I remember uh, there was a show in Bristol where I wrestled Buff Bagwell he couldn't remember my name for the life of me calling me something that started with E. So I said, well, at least he knows my name starts with E. And, and Buff was in, like, ridiculously good shape. And he's still in good shape. Yeah. He, was, he hit the top rope blockbuster finishing maneuver on me. I was like, man, I really hope I take care of Buff on you know, him hitting me with this finisher. No, most most fans are pretty cool. It's it's only the grumpy, crappy ones that, you know, that are just super bitter that you say, yeah, you just shake your head and not worry about it. A great veteran that I had a great match with breaking in. He was the guy that helped train me. His name was Tom Pritchard. Okay, Dr. Tom. Yeah, he runs the Jacobs Pritchard Academy in Austin. Right. I trained with him for three months in 2013. Uh, I I think I've wrestled him twice. Both times he's made me look a million times better than I I really am. He's a great veteran. Old time, old school wrestling. One on one on one wrestling that makes you look a lot better. All right, Elliot, last question here. This may be the most important question, and it's not even wrestling related, but it's a big deal on this show. 
Marvel or DC? partner Tyler he'll be glad to hear that he's the DC guy and I'm the Marvel guy so he'll be thrilled to hear that uh he actually wanted me to tell you he's seen you at the gym a few times but he was he was too nervous to come talk to you I think he saw those spears uh, when we saw you wrestle in December and uh he he thought better of it Absolutely. pushed it to november so everything's pushed back really? yep yep they pushed james bond to november too didn't they i think most everything has been pushed back to uh, the fall yeah Sheesh. it's crazy yeah i i was excited about you know black uh black widow black widow yeah because the uh guy from stranger things is in it oh yeah 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 hopper he did the terrible yeah, he did the terrible Hellboy movie. Yep. Hopefully all this will be over soon. Well, I uh, so appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Uh, do you want to plug your social media for everybody? <clears throat> yeah, just Google me. I'm a Elliot Russell's my 
Wrestling name, and then my real name just so happens to also be Elliot Russell, with my last name being M O R I E. So, all my social media is usually just at E L L I O T T M O R I E. So, it's not that hard to find, just shoot me something on Instagram, mostly is where I'm always posting stuff and funny stuff in my stories and keeping videos and highlights of wrestling and music. And cats and scary movies and stuff all right man well thanks again and uh stay safe out there yeah y'all too you think you know me on this day i see clearly what a what a what a what a song to transition back to us you know we never thought we'd hear that live for a match ever again. And we did. This Mania Man, it, it was not what we hoped for. It's not what we expected. We were supposed to be there. We were, you know, the three of us, the, the bad company, as we um, tend to be called when the three of us are together. But it happened. You know, we took it with a with what it was. We, you know, we we still watched it. We patronized the the industry. We enjoyed moments, and that was probably one of my biggest highs of WrestleMania 36 was the return of the Rated R Superstar Edge, a man who retired nine years ago due to a neck injury. We never thought we'd see in a ring again, but. Due to some amazing scientific growth and uh, in hospitals these days, with him really striving to get back to being that edge and him honestly being in the best physical shape he's ever been in his entire life, he came back. Um, let's discuss some highs and lows of WrestleMania 36, JD. Um, let's 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 actually start with the lows i don't want to end on bad notes so let's go ahead and get the lows out all right okay all right. obviously on the nose we weren't there yeah uh the fact that normally we we've talked this whole episode about the big splendor the the extravagance of wrestlemania the pyro the the music the entrances the surprises and all that stuff and of course this year was not that way and you know selfishly i felt like man I wish they had postponed because this moment, like Drew McIntyre winning the the championship over Brock Lesnar, would have been great to Mm -hmm. see that in front of a live audience. Because you look Mm -hmm. back at all those iconic moments of you know the the hero winning the championship and holding it up and the fans celebrating and going wild. And for Drew McIntyre, and I feel so bad for him, you know he didn't get that same that same moment. So that aspect of it is a low. However. And we'll talk about this when we get to the highs of the of the weekend. I decided that I'm glad that they did it. Uh, I am glad that they went ahead with WrestleMania. But you know, you want to talk about lows? I'll give you my first low. How about our great host Rob Gronkowski? For me, his segments were a waste of time. It was him getting, and you could tell he was having fun, which is the one positive thing I'll say about it. Like there's no energy in this place because there's no audience, but they're playing the music and he's dancing around and he's energetic and you can tell he's having fun. But what was the point? 
what was the point of Rob mm-hmm. Gronkowski at all, other than to throw him into that 24-7 title gimmick thing? So every time he was on... The, I mean, that's, every time, that's every time he, probably what the point was. Every time he was on the screen, I wanted to scratch my eyes out. I was miserable, and I hated it every time he was on there. So I thought that that was a waste of time. I mean, I would agree. I, uh, you know, I don't dislike Gronk as heavily as, like, the rest of the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I actually find Gronk entertaining, but I will say that maybe he would have been a lot more of a high with an audience. Maybe it was since he was so over the top with nobody there to play off with, it seemed so forced. I don't know. I feel like he would have been booed out of the place, to be honest with you. WrestleMania uh, crowds are relentless. I feel like he would have uh, been given... The, That's a good point. I think the crowd would have given him the business. Uh, I just never really care for the, the, the guest celebrity host thing. They used to do that, if you remember, several years oh, ago gosh. on Raw every week. They had a special guest, oh. and it was just a waste of time. Like I would rather see a match. I would rather see some story development here. I don't care about... Kermit the Frog talking to, you know, Braun Strowman or whatever the case may be. I don't care about that. That's silly <laughs> nonsense. Give me something else. But that's just me, and I'm very picky when it comes to wrestling. So, Well, I mean, and plus that's just the era that we're in. That's true. You know, the kids buy the shirts. The PG era. Sadly. Yeah, the PG era. I don't know. I was... I don't want to sound... Uh, petty about it but um the smackdown women's title match didn't do it for me uh the big uh, five-way elimination match yeah okay um that um because the nxt title match was great the nxt women's title match was fantastic mm-hmm. um the raw one didn't do it for me because as much as i love becky i was just like wow they let her keep the belt and it wasn't really monumental of a win it was just quick and didn't see it coming and probably goldberg braun that was pretty bad that was rough goldberg versus braun is one of my definite lows of the event because it was just finisher city there was nothing in that match except for finishes and Mm -hmm. i kind of hope that we never see Goldberg again. I wasn't a fan of Goldberg back in the day. I'm not a fan of Goldberg now or any other time he's been around. Uh, I just, I, I ain't got time for Goldberg. Uh, I hope that he's done. And I'll, to be honest, I was sort of looking forward to seeing Goldberg and Roman. Uh, I knew mm-hmm. that Braun and Goldberg, there would be nothing to that match. Um, i not sure how I feel about Braun as the champion, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but the match just really did not do it for me. Agreed. Um, probably empty audience. Empty audience is a huge love. And I think the thing that it's the whole time they've been doing the empty arena thing, I've complained and complained and complained about how they walk out like business as usual. They do the, all their little entrances and their poses and everything. And they get in the ring and they stand up on the corners and they play to this invisible audience. And Elliot and I talked a little bit about this as well, but I just, it makes me crazy, man. Like who are you 
Who? What are you expecting to happen when you hold your arm up and play to the empty arena? I don't understand yeah. why they couldn't just talk to the camera knowing everybody knows, obviously, that the yeah. audience at home is the only audience that there is or ever will be for this WrestleMania. Agreed. Why not just talk to us, communicate to us, make a connection with me? Yeah. Because when you turn around and you hold your arm up and pose to the invisible audience, it t- it takes me out of the moment. And I'm I'm, sh- I'm I'm sure that that's a Vince McMahon thing. I'm sure that it's because you know it's like business as usual. We don't talk about anybody being sick. You know they're trying to act like there's nothing wrong. But clearly it's not the same. And not draw, and trying to avoid the fact that it's not the same to me, I felt like was a bad choice. Well, you know, I've tried to be optimistic and defensive, like, you know, it's it's just like us being on stage, uh, the show must go on. But I agree with you on, on the other foot, we would have been interacting with the camera, not an invisible audience. You, as a director, would have said, we don't have an audience, but there's a camera. Mm-hmm. Treat the camera like the audience. That's the audience, right there's there. nobody in the seats. Obviously, all 80,000 that were supposed to be there are watching it here. So interact with them, with the camera. The camera is that audience member. You know, they, they talk... That I do completely agree with. They talk all the time about the WWE universe. The, that's the fans and, and how important they are and what an influence they have over the product. But in the middle of this show, the WWE universe is in the camera. They're not there in person. So I felt like it was Agreed. insulting my intelligence. But... Um, yeah, I get that. I do understand that. So I think that, yeah. other than that, uh, another low that I really wanted to talk about was Elias and King Corbin. Uh, I don't under- I don't understand the point of this match. I didn't care anything about it. I don't care about either one of them. And also, what was the point of having uh, Elias and Corbin do the Lion King spot on Raw a couple weeks ago, or SmackDown, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, when... Elias fell off of the top of that little, you know, platform thing, and they did the cutaway, and you hear him hit the floor, but you don't see it. What was the point of that when he doesn't even sell it in the match? Like, he walked out just fine, like nothing had happened. Why did he not walk out, like, you know, hunched over, or like, really, like, oh, I'm at a disadvantage because I fell off 10 feet off of that big thing? He acted like nothing had happened, so what was the point of it? I didn't see a point of any of anything they did, honestly. I mean, and I, I don't dislike uh, Elias. I like Elias. I can't stand Baron Corbin. Um, you can have any star in the industry tell me that he's such a hard worker and he's one of the first to show up, one of the last to leave. That's great. Cool. I don't like him. Peep. And I'm sure there are tons of Corbin fans out there. I don't care. But they just forced this feud like over two or three weeks before Mania when we know that Mania is something that doesn't get forced two or three weeks before. Mania is the culmination of things like three and four months in advance. This match wasn't. And we know that. We're not, like I said, we're not ignorant. We know that. So don't give it to us. If that's all you're going to be, if that's what your product is, that match and that story, I'd rather not have it. 
All right, so, so this is depressing me. Let's move on to some of the highlights, <laughs> some some of the the great moments of uh, WrestleMania weekend, and I'll start. Uh, although I felt like night two was better as far as matches go, I was more interested in, in night two. Night one had the, in my opinion, for me, the best match, which was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. I really enjoy both of them. I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan, and he always has memorable matches every year at WrestleMania. He always does a good job. Kevin Owens, he, he had the big moment where he jumped off the sign. You and I both were excited about that. I know we talked about that. Uh, and it was just a great match, a fun, entertaining match. So for me, that was number one. Uh, for me, it still has to be Edge's return. And I know, you know, I'm seeing like on the dirt sheets and, and Twitter that there are some people who didn't didn't like it um there are some people who thought it was too long i will agree it was a long match mm-hmm. um like for instance one of those gossip mongering people who call them rest themselves wrestling columnist brian alvarez who's constantly you know this is what's going to happen i'm an industry insider blah 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 you know he called it the most boring match in mania history and i want to be like did you watch Elias and Corbin? <laughs> Did you watch countless other moments in WrestleMania history where people were probably like, that shouldn't have been there? I mean, for the love of Pete, we saw Snooky in the ring. And we were like, "She's this is garbage. Why is this... So for him to say the most boring in Mania history... Take a step back. Yeah, Brian. no, I I think that shut up. <laughs> just just for the fact that Edge was involved in the match, I was excited about it and I was glued to it because I was just so happy to see Edge back. I wish that he had had his comeback match in front of a live audience, like I you know wish that everybody had had a live audience for this yeah. event. Uh, I I was satisfied. I enjoyed the the fight. We'll just call it. It wasn't really a match. It was it was a fight. Uh, and there's also yeah. a lot of talk about, and I know you pointed it out when it happened, when Randy put Edge in the the weights kind of around his yeah. neck. And, you know, very recently this documentary, Dark Side of the Ring, had a special about Chris Benoit, who, you yeah. know, if you don't know, he, you know, not to be graphic here, but he when he committed suicide, he did that by, you know, uh, hanging himself with his weights. So mm-hmm. some people felt like, that was in very poor taste because it's sort of a topic that's, you know, you don't talk about uh, a topic that is uh, re- sort of relevant right now because of the documentary. Yeah. And I didn't make that connection at all. You did. You did point it out. So yeah, mm-hmm. poor, poor edge and Randy Orton. I, I enjoyed what they did, but yeah, they're getting a lot of criticism. Uh, I, I didn't put that as one of my highs, but it wasn't necessarily a low either. I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I would also have to say the Money in the Bank, or Money in the Bank, the Triple Threat ladder match between Joe Mo, uh, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi. Right. Was really cool. I enjoyed. Really interesting. I, it had my attention the entire time. I enjoyed that match as well. I'm a big uh, John Morrison fan, so pretty much anything he's involved mm-hmm. in, I'm gonna be happy about it. I'm gonna enjoy it. I've seen them mm-hmm. get a lot of criticism as well. Uh, my boy Jim Cornette, he did not enjoy the match because he felt like a ladder match with no people uh, 
is is not a good idea. So he wasn't a fan of it, but I really enjoyed it. John Morrison always has really memorable spots in his matches because he's so acrobatic. He does all the parkour stuff. So uh, everything he did is was good with me. I, I enjoyed the match, and mm-hmm. I thought that the finish was really creative as well, where they're all struggling for the belts and. You know, they pushed John Morrison off, and he luckily was able to pull the titles off with him. Take the titles with him, So, yeah. And I'm, I'm also a big fan of The Miz. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that I, – I did not predict that they would win, but I'm happy that they did. Um, I uh, am – obviously, I'm a huge proponent of Kofi. I think what came out of that match for me is Kofi and Morrison could fight for three months straight against each other – and every match would have something new and exciting. The two of them in a ring is always exciting. I agree. And I would love to see more Kofi and Morrison matches uh, moving forward. Um, I think another high of mine is probably um, the the Boneyard match. We were adverse to it, you know? I was. It was different. It was odd it was like a 90s movie you know and so the firefly funhouse was was a televised match with a script a cinematic match more so a cinematic match and i would say moving forward we will see more of these uh we should all thank the broken one himself matt hardy for cinematic matches let's not forget the hardy compound matches that he had as Broken Matt Hardy. So he kind of brought that to the forefront. So thank you, Matt Hardy. Um, I did not hate them. I did not love them. Yeah. I, However, I will say that I think Cena and Bray, Taker and AJ, might not have been as exciting live. That's yeah, that's very true, and I don't want to say a whole lot about it because Elliot and I did talk about this in his interview, but I I did not like the Boneyard match or the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, really, I, there were moments of them that I did like and enjoyed, and I think that for what they what they are, they're they're great. Mm-hmm. But it's just not my taste. I, I did not put them as lows because. They just weren't for me. Most people loved them, and if you look at what story they told, I, I liked both of them for that aspect. But I just prefer the in-ring stuff. You know, if Undertaker's going to be at WrestleMania, I want to see him in the ring. I want to see him doing the choke slams and the tombstones and, and all the big moves. However, at the same time, I understand he's not the same Undertaker anymore. And sometimes when I know Undertaker's going to be at, he's going to be in any kind of a match. I am a little apprehensive about it because I don't know what to expect. And is it going to be garbage? Is it going to be terrible like you know, Undertaker and Goldberg? Is it going to be something that tarnishes the legacy of the Undertaker? Or is it going to be fantastic like when we saw Triple H in the Undertaker? Um, mm. So the pros of it is that it was well done for what it was. It was a way that made The Undertaker look really good, and it was something that was different, so props to WWE for trying new, different things, and it was Agreed. something that wasn't in front of an empty arena, you know? 
Yeah. I just don't. There was a set. I don't care for the movie matches because I, as as a product of the Attitude Era, will say, <laughs> I prefer mm-hmm. the realistic stuff. I prefer the the grit. Do you remember the back in the nineties when moments outside of the ring or the arena would happen? There was one camera catching all of this and it was believable and i would buy into it of course i was also a kid Mm -hmm. you know and i I get that but having the setup planned uh, close-ups camera angles and there's lights in strategic places and pyro and all that it just Mm -hmm. i can't suspend my disbelief enough to enjoy it but if i try to put that aside and look at the story that was told i can say that you know I can I can enjoy that aspect of it. I did see a lot of people asking, you know, it did make Taker look strong. The moments that he did have, uh, he probably looked stronger in that match than he would have in a ring. Right. And I understand that. Moving forward, do you think to prolong, to have Taker longer, will they do more cinematic Undertaker matches? I think they probably will because it was a success mostly Mm -hmm. positively uh, received by the audience. I think they will do more of this. It's not obviously not something that they can do a whole lot like over and over again, or it's going to lose its appeal, but this could be the way that we see sting versus the undertaker, which I'm, I'm conflicted about because this is a feud that I would love to see. That's like my number one dream match is the undertaker versus sting. However, Mm -hmm. I want to see it in the ring. I want to see it, you know, Undertaker versus Sting, the the moves that I know and I'm familiar with. I want to see what they could do. They're not the same anymore. 20 years ago, it would have been unbelievable. Nowadays, you know, Sting's retired, yeah. uh, probably not even able to have a match. Undertaker, uh, <laughs> kind of slow, yeah. not moving like he used to. So seeing it in this cinematic form is a way to do it well and disguise those weaknesses. But would I enjoy it as much? I don't know. Any more highs? Any more shocking moments that stick out? Well, we didn't get any shocking moments, but another uh, thing that I took away from this WrestleMania as a big positive was Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. I'm not necessarily a Rhea Ripley fan, but I am a Charlotte fan. This match, I thought, was, was great, man. It was believable. It was... They had intensity. They were slapping each other. They were stiff. It was a good match. I was hoping Charlotte would get the win. I predicted Charlotte would get the win, and she did. And now we're going to get to see Charlotte versus all of these superstars on the NXT roster that we never would have seen otherwise. So I'm looking forward to that. I love Rhea Ripley, and I have been very vocal about that. She was dressed as my favorite Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta. Which I loved even more. I love her tenacity. I love I love her ferocity. Um, I think she's she's got a Hall of Fame career ahead of her. Um, I enjoyed that match as well. It was it, a lot of great spots. Uh, so no more uh, shocking or electrifying moments. That's it. Speaking of electrifying, we uh, next week we're going to be talking about the most electrifying man. In Marvel industry for different reasons. <laughs> nice. Thor, the god of thunder, himself. Uh, Odin's son. Uh, we're going to talk about the character, the history, um, some of our favorite Thor moments. Um, 
a little bit of what Hemsworth has done to the character compared to what we grew up reading and watching in cartoons. We will be talking about the God of Thunder himself. Uh, so please, if you have any thoughts, if any questions, please send them in via email, Twitter, Facebook. We're all over the place. Uh, if you have any thoughts on, on what we just discussed on WrestleMania, I would love to hear what people maybe felt differently than we did about Mania. You know, let us know. Um, because we know that there are thousands of opinions out there and we want to hear them. If you enjoyed Elias and Corbin, you know, power to you. Uh, good for you. Uh, we didn't, but you can have that opinion, that very wrong opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also want to take time to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, the constant support that you do allow us to do this uh, week in and week out and we are doing special patreon shows uh, currently we're doing this week in wrestling i can't wait till our next episode where we'll break down the the fallout from wrestlemania the week after mania you know those raws and smackdowns are always huge so we'll talk about those on that next episode and we're running a special right now for only a dollar a month uh, if you go on our patreon page you'll find the covid 19 special uh, for only a dollar a month, you are going to become a Patreon supporter that gets that show. You get that show and any previous special, that bloopers, anything that we released on our Patreon RSS feed. A dollar a month from now until June, you get that. So we actually had a newer uh, supporter join that dollar special. Can M from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour became our first special patreon supporter uh thank you ken uh we love everything that odph does looking forward to that uh we're supposed to we were promised a wrestling crossover episode were we not jd i'm waiting i'm what we're waiting well we're waiting um thanks again to all of the people who this past week have been rating us on podchaser.com. We've gotten quite a few new ratings. Thank you so much. Now, the cool thing about Podchaser is you can rate the show. You also can rate individual episodes, which is what people are doing. It lets us know what you like to hear. And when you're giving a rating, we highly recommend... Five stars. Correct. Five stars. Not four. Not six. Five. Five times. Five time, five time, five time, five time. Five little O stars, that's all. It's not hard. It's really not. Uh, yeah, so, man, this has been fun. So I know fun. It, was, it, was, it was not what we expected this mania season, but there will be more manias. There will that's be more true. opportunities. This was something new, uh, just like what we're going with, going on in our planet today. Something we, again, years later, will be able to say, Well, son, <laughs> I watched a WrestleMania with no one in the audience. <laughs> well, Let me tell you about that insane time. <laughs> I have the official WrestleMania hoodie. I, I get a hoodie for every Mania that I go to. So I went ahead mm -hmm. and, and, like, a couple months ago, once it went up on the WWE shop, I got the hoodie now I feel like that's going to be a, a collector's item because mm. I have the hoodie of the mm. mania that never happened. <laughs> Why don't you take this hoodie and sell it and buy yourself a spaceship? You take this hoodie, you go, kiddo, and buy yourself a spaceship. <laughs> 
Well, man, I've had a blast with you yet again another week. I guess we will talk to you next week when we talk about Ford. And that's the bottom line, because 30 and Nerdy said so. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio podcast and a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts and a Badcast Company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.